I just wanted to talk about Stranger Things, but you know. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast where we help you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm Matt Stratton, and I have a great guest with me today. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by VictorOps. Built for modern incident management, VictorOps provides a unified platform for real-time alerting, collaboration, and documentation. Driven by your IT and DevOps system data, VictorOps helps you to respond to incidents more effectively so you can minimize downtime and make being on call suck less. Visit ArrestedDevOps.com slash VictorOps to schedule a demo or start your trial. Mention you heard about VictorOps on Arrested DevOps, and you'll be eligible for some sweet discounts, too. GoCD is the on-premise, open-source, continuous delivery server created by ThoughtWorks. With GoCD's comprehensive pipeline modeling, you can model complex workflows from multiple teams with ease. And GoCD's value stream map lets you track a change from commit to deploy at a glance. GoCD's real power is in the visibility it provides over your end-to-end workflow, so you get complete control of and visibility into your deployments across multiple teams. Say goodbye to deployment panic and hello to consistent, predictable deliveries. To learn more about GoCD, visit gocd.org slash arrested to download. It's completely free to use. Commercial support and enterprise add-ons, including disaster recovery, are available. This episode is brought to you by Datadog, a monitoring tool that helps bridge the gap between operations and dev teams. Datadog brings together system metrics, changes, alerts, and events from over 120 common infrastructure tools, such as Chef, Docker, and AWS, so that dev and ops teams share their key data and alerts in a single place and collaborate on issues in real time. Datadog is available for a free 14-day trial at ArrestedDevOps.com slash Datadog. ChefConf will be held May 23rd through the 26th in Chicago. Chef has been a longtime supporter of the DevOps movement and of this podcast. ChefConf will have talks on infrastructure automation with Chef, compliance automation with InSpec, application automation with Habitat, and a ton of other relevant content. Register with the discount code ADO2018 to save 10%. Visit ChefConf.com for all the details. And remember... Code ADO2018 gets you 10% off the ticket price at chefconf.com. So open source projects have a lot of benefits, as we all know, uh, but it can really be challenging to take uh, tools and projects that you develop internally and open source them, especially if you're in a very traditional enterprise. So my guest today, Aaron Reinhardt, is going to be sharing with us uh, his journey and story with experiencing going from inner source to open source in seven weeks. The show notes for this episode can be found at arresteddevops.com slash source to open source. So, uh, yeah, Aaron, do you want to, uh, first, uh, let, let the folks, uh, the folks at home, uh, know a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, and then we can talk about your project. Sure. Um, thanks for having me on the show, by the way. Um, yeah, so I, I am currently the chief enterprise security architect at United Health Group. And, uh, what that means is that I've mostly focused on innovation, um, uh, engineering, um, building things in general, challenging sort of uh, uh, technology projects, I guess. 
Um, and uh, my, my background is I come from a, a wide array of, of industries, from edu- higher education to the government to aerospace. Um, did a short stint at NASA, um, but um, that that's kind of my background. Excellent. So yeah, so uh, the the story we're talking about is a tool you uh, you built called uh, Chaos Slinger. And can you uh, tell us first a little bit about what Chaos Slinger is for? Like, what was the problem set uh, you were solving internally in your organization with uh, with the project? Well, Chaos Slinger actually came about through um, Optum, Optum, one of United Healthcare's brands, um, hired its first SRE, System Reliability Engineer, um, earlier earlier in the year. Um, and uh, on his second day on the job, uh, I was put together with him because they thought that we'd be a a good pair to a good pair to meet, and we started talking about what he what his name is Patrick Bergstrom, and um, started talking to me about his background at BestBuy.com. Started talking about chaos engineering and you know just bringing down entire portions of the application um, in the system to 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 test you know how reliable things like failover, uh, you know the how the application responded, how resilient it was to failure. Uh, and I started, it just got me, it sort of, it sort of, it sort of started pulling up my strings, right? And later that day, later that day, I sort of woke up in the middle of the night and I started thinking to myself, you know, I was like, wow, that kind of makes sense from a security perspective, right? And there's so much, you know, uh, not, not to mention the amount of chaos in, in my, in my, in, in the security business. But I started thinking about how does that apply to information security? I started thinking about security controls and the concept of, uh, of a control, right? And where that came from and, and the assumptions we put upon that, right? And that, so security controls in general, like we put a lot of assumptions on it. We rare, we do next to nothing to instrument security controls, right? Outside of maybe an annual pen test or quarterly pen test or some sort of regulatory requirement for a pen test or a, uh, you know, some sort of um, uh audit of that, of, that, of that nature. But what we don't do is we don't constantly instrument the assumptions we made about the, the, these controls. And one of the examples uh, I can talk about is, in, in, in if, you, if you go to Chaos Slinger on, on GitHub, you, what you'll see is there's an example chaos experiment, security chaos experiment that we, that we use uh, in the form of unauthorized port change, right? An author, unauthorized port change, the reason why we use that experiment is because it's a widely understood um, uh, indicator of compromise. Right, so, um, and, and it, so to test a firewall, for example, we assume firewalls can catch unauthorized port changes. We assume it can, they can block it, can stop it, it reports on it, sends good data to a log system, that it sends data to a sim, that that data can be correlated, you know. Um, and so what we what we're doing, Chaos Slinger, is that we're instrumenting the security control plan, right? So we are actually, so we assume the firewall can do certain things. We assume the the uh, configuration management tool can do certain things. Well, stop assuming, start instrumenting, right? And that's really where we're coming from with, with Chaos Slinger, right? Is that we are, are instrumenting those assumptions, right? And what, because what we typically do in, 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 in when we design security controls is we, 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 we build them, we put them out there, and we assume they're doing their job. We do next to nothing to actually test that. Got it. Okay. So, so you, started, you started building that. I'm, I'm interested to know the process when you decided uh, to go from 
inner source to open source. So what what drove you to to make that decision that that was that was uh, something you wanted to do? Well, you know, it's funny at the time we didn't really. I mean, inner source it was a thing that we've been trying to build for a while. The company and just because we're such a massive company, there's a, there's a massive amount of engineering talent. United Health Group. We rarely get to see the light of day you know, uh, because of the challenges that were put in front of us. I feel that's kind of the that's kind of, kind of well, part of the challenge. But um, so well, some of the challenges were around you know well um, I guess so you the inner source question is where you're coming from. Um, well, it kind of just happened to be honest. Is that I uh, I participated in a number of forums and, and discussion groups, uh, you know, uh, talking about DevOps and and sort of uh, cross community sort of uh, sort of efforts, and I I started to, started talking about hey, well actually you know this is an important thing to talk about is um, the name of the name was not originally Chaos Slayer, right? Uh, and uh, I don't know how far I want to go into actually what the real name is, but it's an important concept to me. Is that it's important to make inner source and open source projects fun, right? Making them fun is a very important part of the success of the engineering. Now, I will give you hints about what the name might have been. Um, <laughs> the name might have been so. So uh, the original Chaos Engineering tool was Chaos Monkey, right? In the Simian Army from Netflix. Well. Um, those are monkeys, right? Chaos Monkey, uh, Chaos Kong, Chaos Gorilla. Those are all monkeys, right? So what we, what we figured, right? So we're going to create a security tool um, that, you know, uh, what do monkeys throw, right? Monkeys tend to throw their, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we decided to call it. Their waste, shall we say. Their waste. So we started calling it that slinger, right? And I'll tell you what, you know, I think that was a core component, really, if we're talking about success. And I don't think a lot of people talk about this, right? Is that having fun with the name, like, you would not believe the amount of uh, jokes around throwing, I'll just call, I'll call, I'll come out there with it, call him throwing poo. Right. Hey, I mean, we, we, as, as Bridget says, we have made our piece with the explicit tag. It's fine. <laughs> you know, go ahead. You can say it. It was called Shitslinger. Okay. It's fine. Well, it was actually, it was, it was, it was cleaner than that. It was Poo Slinger. It was oh, Poo okay. Slinger. Yeah. Monkey and Monkey Poo. That's um, true. Yeah. But, uh, uh, no, um, that, but the, but the jokes were there, right? They're the sweet gifts, you know, people were throwing around, but kind of kept things fun when things got challenging, right? Is that people were, were able to make light of something and make it, you make a joke here and there. Um, it reminds me of something that, um, when, uh, when we announced, uh, when a chef, when we announced uh, chef delivery, the, the workflow tool, that was one of the things that Adam Jacob said that he said, I have one requirement for this whole tool and it has to be support animated gifts in comments. It's like, that's all that matters. <laughs> and, and it's funny cause he's talked about that before about its stuff again in chef. It's like, Hey, what's the, the system profiler tool? It's called Ohi. Oh, hi. It's like, hey, it's fun. You know, it, it just makes you have a little bit of fun when you're working. And there's, I think you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. It, you know, we don't need to take ourselves so seriously. Oh, definitely. I mean, and that's, you know, I, I don't know I don't know why that made me really sort of bring that up. But like, that's something I, I really sort of noticed is, was, uh, you know, after the fact, noticing that was a key component, you know, it, during it, it was just a blast, right? I mean, like, I mean, here I am, right? I'm asking people to apply a very difficult uh, engineering concept to a field that 
most of the people in the company that got involved in a project that I did not know. They did not know each other, right? Uh, so I had that challenge, right? I asked them to come together to take on a very ambitious project to apply a very di- uh, sort of complex engineering uh, discipline to a different field, right? And, you know, uh, it was very challenging. And, and especially when you ask, the, ask these people, right? These people are some of the smartest people at United Health Group. Uh, I mean, they range from everything from uh, an intern all the way to a vice president, right? Just getting involved because they wanted to, right? That's different, right? You know, it's different than, you know, having an officially funded project and working through their managers and, and you know, uh, and we drove more carrot than the stick, right? People were very interested. And I've actually have a great uh, couple points on the carrot versus the stick uh, when it comes to this topic. But, um, you know, people were just excited to work with, to work on a project called Pooslinger. It be, started it started to develop sort of a persona of its own, you know. But um, what, taking on such a challenging thing, it doesn't have to be. I th- I really think when you break break down the, the social pieces and the you know um, you know it, it, it's it, the project is generally fun. Just people come out of the woodworks want to work want to willing to help you. Right. And, and that's, you know, all, it, it, and especially when you're asking for people's extra time. I mean, this was not, the, some people could not work on this until all the other stuff was done. I mean, people, uh, we got this, we, we released this in seven weeks. Now, for the, for, for, for the unicorns out there, um, that's probably normal, right? Or that's, that's, that, that's, doesn't seem, uh, difficult, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing is, the you know creating something new it takes the time that it takes i think it's just the iterative thing that's a little faster but as as uh as a uh, john cowie at etsy's well now he's a chef but at the time he was at etsy when he said this he's like they're you know he's like we're not a unicorn we're just a sparkly horse <laughs> you know it's it's all <laughs> sim- similar things i mean you know i think yeah getting that you know getting getting a new uh, a whole new thing seven weeks that's from you know from scratch, that's pretty impressive for anybody. Well, you know, it just it just it just got to be so much fun. I mean, I was I, I to be honest, I spent the weekends on it reading, uh, reading like the Netflix during the time we uh, we were working on this uh, their initial release. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, I didn't add to the fact that intersource to open source in seven weeks. So it was when we we came together. We started building. Uh, so, uh, thinking a very iterative nature to how we were building from an engineering perspective was very important. Um, you know, uh, taking a, a strictly Kanban based approach to the way we were, um, you know, take challenge taking on the engineering. But, um, but, uh, uh, but it wasn't just intersource. It wasn't just it, the open source piece of it. it. What needs to be known about that is that this was the very first open source project officially for the entire company. Right, so United Health Group, right, and if if anybody knows anything about uh, you know large insurance companies or or healthcare companies, uh, there are a lot of attorneys, right? So the legal part's very important, um, and um, you know we were able to get through in that timeline, right? That was, the, I mean, the, I have no idea how we did that. We just did it. We did everything they asked, and and uh, we were able to release it. You know, uh, that that's another piece that makes it really challenging. I don't talk about it very often. There's a legal piece. Well, I was going to say, and, and I understand that there's probably some sp- specific things that you might not be able to talk about, but is there any maybe advice? Because I think uh, 
people have these challenges. And, and I, I see this a lot with, uh, you know, in my time at Chef, when, you know, we obviously encourage people, encourage, you know, cu- our customers to say, hey, contribute back, you know, and um, being able to give that guidance. I, I think a lot of folks don't really know where to start and how to be able to have those conversations with their legal departments. So uh, do you have any advice to people that are, are kind of going through this to, to make that uh, process easier or a little, a little, uh, have a little less friction? Sure. Um, I'll tell you what one of the key um, things was, was that I I guess so the key thing to do if you're a large enterprise, right, would be uh, to find the open source attorney or find an, the an IT attorney that you could talk to, right? Find out who that person is, get the time with them and explain to them what you want to do and why it's important and the value of open source and what it brings to the company. Explain. Uh, don't just explain the engineering, explain it from the business, how it adds. Because open source, uh, you know, here's another key nugget, though. So so find the open source attorney or an IT attorney to talk to. That That's where you start. And then you have to develop a policy. You have to de- uh, talk about what types of, um, how you plan to manage the community, how you plan to manage contributions. It'll, it'll, if you have an open source attorney, it'll be probably easier. If you have an IT attorney, you probably have to work through those challenges with them. Um, but feel free to reach out to me and uh, our, our Kevin Nelson. He's on he's on our repo, uh, and we'd be more than happy to sort of explain what our journey was there and uh, to anyone. And I think this is a good time to mention too. We'll we'll have a link, obviously, to the repo for Castlinger in in the show notes. So make sure to, to check that out to to look at that. And um, of course, uh, Aaron's bio will be up on on the show notes. And I don't know if you're a, a Twitter. A I'm a Twitter, Twitter type person. I'm you a Twitter type. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm a Twitter you am. Type. So we'll, yeah. So people can uh, get some convos going there for sure. <clears throat> so, uh, so when, uh, how, how long ago um, was the tool open source and how long has it been kind of, if you will, out in the wild? It's been, oh, it's probably been a couple months now. Probably, oh, maybe not, maybe about six weeks, six, seven weeks. How about six, seven weeks? I mean, I've, I've, I've been traveling in Asia for the last few weeks, so that adds to it. Um, but, um, yeah, no, so that, that, that has been – so another another key component of it was that, you know, the managing of community, too, when you release an open source project. Right? It's very important. You know, um, it's – my experience thus far has is, is been beat the street, right? What I mean by that is that um, it's – if you build it, they will come is not a, not a truth, Right. You have to get it out there. You have to talk about it. You have to, you know, go to social media. You have to reach out to people who are doing similar things. Uh, I reached out to Netflix, you know, uh, uh, before we released it. And I said, hey, um, we, so one of the key things as part of Chaos Slinger is we were, we were very, uh, we stayed very true to the nature of uh, chaos engineering, right? We did not, we did not venture out on our own. We just applied the same concepts, right, to the field of information security. We, we, uh, we, we, we kept the chaos principles. Um, we, our tool operates uh, within the same paradigms as Chaos Monkey. Um, we actually started off with Chaos Monkey and, and wanted to write it in Go until we realized that only a couple people knew Go, <laughs> right? So we're like, well, you know. Um, you know, I think. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I I think you should have written it and go. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a, a go fanboy right now. But oh, me too. If I if I could if I can learn it, then you know. But again, it's it's doing the right thing. I mean, that's actually a really good point. And we 
we talked about this uh, with Jeffrey Snover from Microsoft a couple of years ago, where he was saying that's one of the downsides of kind of everybody kind of doing whatever they want, where you get this thing where someone's like, this is their pet thing they want to do. And they're like, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write this this tool in Ada because I'm taking a night class about it. And then everyone's like, but nobody knows how to support this thing anymore. And I was right. like, well, that's what got us Ruby on Rails, you know, so there's that. Exactly. Yeah, no, it actually, what's, what's funny is it was, it was a key, um, I think it was, that was another key uh, thing as part of the project was that, um, uh, we, you know, we, we, everybody got on board and was like, let's do it and go, or, you know, uh, you know, the, the go tutorial started flying around and I started thinking to myself, man, you know, hmm, you know, I have people's part time here. Uh, we have no funding for this project, right? Uh, we're working on a, uh, we're bootstrapping this baby. You know, and we have a bunch of people who don't know the main programming language, right? So, um, so I was like, well, okay. Uh, so I, I got to get folks together. This is not the first couple of days of the project. Everybody's getting excited. And um, I started saying, well, you know, what is the common language we all know, right? I mean, what is a common language we all know, right? And then it sort of came out that, you know, uh, there was Python, there was Ruby, there was, you know, uh, I mean, the common, the, there was Node. There, I mean, like... Um, we decided, right, that we started having a conversation about the architecture, right? We started thinking about if we started looking at Chaos Monkey in general, sort of picking it apart, right? And Chaos Monkey was written in an era, right? And I said era, it was like 2008. Right? <laughs> Feels like an era ago. Um, it was written in Back an in era. The old days. <laughs> the old days. Um, um, medieval times. Um, uh, it was written in, in an era where. Um, uh, there wasn't really uh, Lambda, Amazon's Lambda, right? AWS Lambda, right? And in the, there wasn't as many native services, right? Um, th that they could utilize in Amazon, right? So, like they had to write their own pipeline tool. Uh, I mean, they were there. I mean, they didn't write their own. They they modified it, customized it, right? Spinnaker, and um, and uh, anyway, so they had to write a lot of their own components. That's why Chaos Monkey's so heavy. So what we decided to do is, well, we don't need to write all that code, right? Maybe what we really need to do is focus on what we're trying to do, right? So that was so that's the great part about native sort of serverless design was allowed us to not focus so much on uh, the IT components or, or, the, or the, the, the system level components, more on the engineering, the value we're trying to generate with the tool. So uh, that was a key component. So, oh, yeah, but what is the language we all chose? We chose Python. Right, Python made the most sense of what you're talking about. A bunch of people that are from all truly cross-functional. Everybody from there are people in marketing that that code that came out and started working on it. Right, uh, you know, I wish they, I wish we had a little more marketing, but we 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 had code. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I was just uh, poking around and looking at the repo, and you're talking about the community. And so I was, I was looking at first because I was kind of interested to kind of look at like PR activity and contributors. But what I noticed is some, some uh, <clears throat> excuse me, some, I noticed some great things like, you know, you have a code of conduct in there. You've got a really great, uh, contributing.md file, which are all super important things if you want people to help you, right? You, it, and, and like you said, building that community is, is super essential. Um, I think that's something that everyone should be thinking about, even if it's a, a small thing you're starting. Cause I know I, I have projects I do that maybe I'll be the only one that ever really contributes to them. And I feel silly sometimes 
putting in a code of conduct and a contributing file, but you never know who's going to want to help and you want to make sure that stuff is set. Uh, also, I, uh, I have a, a project on Morgan that I'm one of the only people that works on it. And, uh, my, uh, friend Ken said, you're the only person I know who argues with themselves in GitHub issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've myself doing that before. <laughs> it's like a way of keeping notes. I mean, if you think about it, it's just a communication tool and maybe you want to remember what you were thinking at a time. Um, I have a little bit of question. This is getting kind of into the, you know, kind of the weeds a little bit, but since I was poking around in your repo. So I saw you're using uh, GitHub, well, maybe using, at least you have a GitHub project enabled. Are are you using that for tracking? I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on GitHub projects. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we use GitHub E, right? GitHub uh, GitHub, uh, Enterprise internally, right? Uh, and I will tell you, I absolutely, GitHub Enterprise is a transformation acceleration tool. It really is, at least for us, right? Is that, so we, we have, um, we have some internal agile tools that are, that are tough, that make things tough, right? I have, uh, I'm not going to say what those are, but, um, I, uh, there are some, I'm just going to come out and say there are some agile tools out there that make agile difficult, right? And it's not supposed to be difficult, right? Um, it's supposed to be simple, right? And uh, GitHub Enterprises Kanban, literally, I've taught people the concepts of Agile, and not, like, like, I mean, like, rapidly, right? They immediately get it when they see Kanban, how fast it is, it's so intuitive, how, oh, I'm just, I'm just writing down what I need to do and prioritizing it, you know, and I'm moving it, and I'm just working on piece by piece, and, and you know, it, it really... I've gotten people who knew nothing about it, right? Just accelerated. I love GitHub products, right? Everything you have, everything you need is in one little package, right? Your wiki's there, right? You can start documenting, right? Start putting out your issues, right? Those issues, you put them in the combine. You know, um, I literally, you could be 20% into a project, right? In a couple hours. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I think the reason, because I started playing with it when it, when it came out, and, and I'm a little... Little less enthusiastic about it than than you are, but I think it's because uh, so the tool I used for that so like I've used uh, Zen Hub, which is a little more agile stuff, and it's a little heavy. But I really like Waffle, and Waffle is very Kanban, um, but it has a lot of neat stuff that I really wish GitHub projects had, like um, auto closing uh, cards. So you know I can sit there and I can reference. You know, the issue is sitting there. The issue is a card. It also, they automatically happen. That's one of the things I don't really love about GitHub projects is you have to kind of consciously make the issues into, into there. Um, whereas the issues just in waffle, they just end up in the backlog automatically. And one of the things that's kind of neat is, um, with, with waffle, if I create a branch and I, the name of the branch includes, uh, you know, number sign and then the issue number. Um, when that, uh, when, um, it, that connects the PR for that branch automatically to the issue, and then they all magically close themselves when everything gets merged. There's a lot of just neat little things. That is kind of neat. That is kind of neat. Yeah, I've never used it. That's kind of cool. The, the thing that, that some people don't like is it just, you know, it, uh, it, this all goes back to just GitHub's terrible, um, authentication API. Whereas, like, when you have an app, it has to, like, have access to all the things like you can't just say, I only want the, you know, like you, you put it in there. And if you're in like 30 billion GitHub orgs, 
you know, it wants to grab them all. So there's, there's, you know, people get freaked out about that sometimes, but, um, it's, 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 it's really kind of a good tool. And it's, you know, if you've got open source stuff, it's, it's free. So like I said, I think, I think it's great that GitHub is, is added this though, because it's right there in front of you. Like you said, it, 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 it encourages people into that. And I'm sure they're going to continue to iterate on it. You know, they're going to keep making it better. Um, and there's no reason. I mean, they've got all the back end to be able to make these things magically work together. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, uh, in, in, in that regard. Well, the, the, actually, there's an interesting, uh, so I, I explained the enterprise side of it. Like, like, there is actually a, we don't really on the, on the public side, we really don't heavily. So, uh, we are using it for the public project, right? But like for the collaboration pieces, like we really focused on using um, other collaboration tools, right? Uh, like Slack, right? Um, uh, because they're more community based. Like you know, so the project uh, Chaos Slinger is being worked on. We have a, a, a can I say co project with Netflix on this uh, the, to develop the the project and develop. So we're sort of taking a, a interesting spin to it for fun to have fun, you know. Um, and uh, but we we communicate with Trello and, and Slack for the, for those community type pieces. Oh, and anyone feel free to, to join in. We're we're um you know we're actively looking. There's no it's not an exclusive project, right? It's just something we're having fun with, you know. And if you like uh, you like challenging engineering projects and you're interested in the project, just re- yeah, it's uh I'll have to take a look, especially because um. For me, what I've, what I've found, and I gave a talk at, at ChefConf, uh, about like, the talk was called the Hand Waivers Guide to Open, contributing to open source. And it was, you know, for people that are like architects and stuff who don't, you know, really do a lot of engineering. How do you do things? And one of the parts in my talk was saying like, when I decided that I wanted to learn Go, this is what I did wrong, right? Like what I wanted to do is I wanted to learn Go because I wanted to contribute back to a project that I really appreciate, um, which is Hugo, which is a static site generator that I use for all of the things. And, but I felt like I had to like get really good at go before I could do that. So what happened is I was, I did this by creating my own things in a vacuum versus actually, you know, trying to learn and help with something that was already there. So in this case, cause like Python is a thing that I'm not super skilled at, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty decent Rubyist and got go going on stuff like that. But I look at this and I'm like, Hey, you know what? This is a way to a good way to learn a new language is to help out with a project. You may you may be seeing some stuff coming from me. I may check it out. <laughs> well, actually, what we really need more than anything is that we've been working on uh, so the documentation, priority, right? Well, document well, yeah. documentation. Oh, hey, yeah, there's that too. That's always you can insert that into that statement all all the time. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, is what we're really working on is um, the experiments, right? the value of the tool gets more and more valuable as we develop experiments. You know, like we just released, um, uh, really we've sort of been taking this track working with the Netflix team on, um, I don't know if uh, uh, we want to, I want to directly say what we're doing with it, but we're t- working on a combined effort where Netflix has a tool. We have a tool developing common orchestration for both tools. Um and it's it's sort of interesting. It's it's turning into be an interesting project. But we're really for Chaos Slinger though, uh, which which the focus of Chaos Slinger is instrumenting the control plane. We're like things like an S3 bucket, right? Like you assume when you put an insecure S3 bucket out there, what the most common cause of data breaches for Amazon, 
right? For for someone building an Amazon, right? Um, that you know you can catch stuff like that in secure, secure uh, S three buckets. Well, don't assume, test it, right? Test everything, right? The uh, I am I, you'll find that I am a security person who does not believe in the concept of risk assessments, right? I, I, we do them, right? But to me, uh, there is well, here comes a explicit tag. There's so much bullshit in in that process, right? And I am I am I am on a mission myself to drive um, engineering to architecture and engineering back into my field in general, right? Information security began as an engineering problem. We became auditors and assessors, and, and because we we were trying to. Um, get the rest of the industry to understand the importance of security. What we end up doing is is driving in the importance of compliance, not security, and, and that that is that has hurt the field, in my opinion. And and I'm on a uh, I'm on a mission, a personal mission to drive it back to drive it back. I've got this 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 vision of you in the the black suit and the the fedora and the sunglasses, like Belushi and Ackroyd. You're like. We're on a mission from God. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's actually, you know, we had a great conversation at DevOps Enterprise a couple weeks ago about this. People were just, we were obviously after James Wickett and I were talking and it's just like, you know, people were asking like, you know, it's interesting you say that. Like, you know, well, I feel that way. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm surrounded. There's there's a reason why they can talk about a shortage of engineering talent and security. I mean, not not talent. They talk about the the shortage of uh, talented security professionals. Right. Well, um, that's because they're all auditors, right? Like, I mean, like, I'm not saying they're all auditors. I'm not discounting the value of compliance, just so we need to be clear about this, right? Um, it is very valuable to have compliance. Compliance brings documentation. It keeps people in check. There are lots of people that are out there that don't see it as important and wouldn't care if they did. Um, but uh, the, the importance, everything comes back to good engineering. Matt, I'm a big, I'm, I, I am, uh, I'm a big believer in that good sound engineering begets good compliance, right? Because what I mean by that is that you can actually be ahead of compliance, right? I mean, if you're doing good engineering, right? I remember before, like when Docker came out, right? When, when security people were freaking out about it, right? Well, when, um, if you actually were just looking at the engineering and, 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 uh, trying to focus on making uh, things better from a quality perspective, um, it was possible to be ahead of any kind of guidance that comes out. And when it does, all you're really doing is documenting what you're already doing. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? mean? Security and compliance are just another aspect of quality. It's, Precisely. I, I, I can tell you something I think is really funny. Um, so I have a, a talk that uh, I've given a few times called Shifting Left Securely, and it's about, you know, um, moving, moving your security testing further left in your pipeline and all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, so my wife who is, uh, not in the technical field, you know, she, uh, she runs marketing for a pretty large company, but I was, I was practicing the talk and, you know, making her sit and watch as an audience. (laughs) And at one point she said, okay, she's like, "I, I know that I don't really know this stuff, but is this really that innovative that you're talking about? Cause this just seems like a thing you would do. And I'm like, I know, right. <laughs> you know, it's exactly. it, it just, it's, it's, it's really funny that when you take, you know, cause when we're inside it, we kind of have these, cause like you said, you know, the way that it's, it's been done, we have these presuppositions around it. And then if you take the step back and say, okay, what is this real outcome? What is this actual thing from a business perspective? It, 
it just becomes almost ludicrous to think about doing it the way that that we've been doing it. But it's it's you know hard, right? And especially when you do have people who have made their career on not being an engineer, but being a PDF jockey, right? You know, it's, yep. it's, uh, you know, th- those are, those are some, some challenges to kind of shift that because sometimes they're, they're in a position to, to make that more challenging for an organization. But I, I think, I think things are, uh, on the upswing in a good way. You know, there's a lot of, as, as much as I kind of laugh about, like, I always say that every year, uh, in, at, you know, the DevOps events, there's like the theme of all the talks, right? You know, like in 2014, it was all about empathy and whatever. And so the theme of, of 2017 was it was all security this year. Like every event I went to, there were just tons of security talks, which was great. But, but it's also all with this DevSecOps thing. And it's like, I'm just like, whatever. It's all DevOps. Um, it's all DevOps. See, I, I actually, you, you know, I feel the exact same way. Right. Like, you know, we have this we have this big. So we're having this big discussion right now. Uh, James Wickett, myself, uh, several other people in the security business, uh, even Shannon, Shannon Leitz uh, added to it. You've got uh, Jeff Williams, uh, Sam Guckenheimer, Kunal um, uh, Anand. Uh, there's uh, quite a few people. Uh, but what's his name? Um, Josh Corman. We're talking about bringing back Rugged. Right. And like in a new way. Right. Is that you know what I want to say about this is uh, is is that rugged software. So there's this conversation about where rugged was not effective, uh, what it, uh, versus where DevSecOps was effective. Well, that's the way I see it. Is is that I love DevSecOps by the way, right? But like DevSecOps is just what we should be doing. We should it's just DevOps, right? And at some point, security will just be DevOps, right? Well, it's and, it's the whole thing is that it's DevOps in a lot of ways is just an unfortunate name because it's a naming semantics. It, yeah, it implies that it's only those two groups, right? You know, when it's the whole DevSec, DBQA, BizSecOps, whatever. But um, but the thing is, I, I again is I and I don't want to go back to your point, but like. Sure. As I've made my peace with calling something a DevOps team or whatever, I'm like, whatever you have to call it to make the thing work, I'm fine with it, right? So if we want to call it that and that will make people think that way and will be more awesome, great. Call it that. Who cares? You know? Yeah. So. Well, I guess the sort of, I guess I, I guess I, yeah, I, the whole naming convention thing got confusing for a long time, right? For, for the last couple of years, right? The whole rugged DevSecOps, SecDevOps, blah, 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 you know, it's just DevOps, all right? I'm going to leave it alone, right? But rugged software is something different, right? And this is something that, that I, I just want to put this out there, right? Is that um, is that rugged software, we've, we all came together on this concept in the past, like, few months, right? The, the, the group of folks I mentioned a few, a few minutes ago is that we started thinking about, you know, what is the future, right? You know, at some point, de- security will just be a part of what's being done, right? In, in DevOps, right? If it's slowly making its way. It's going to take a while, but it's, but that is its core component. We feel of something else, right? And we feel that like, you know, what does it mean to develop rugged software, right? And we started, there's this huge movement right now in software design, right? Around anti-fragile, right? Anti-fragility. Right, and we started thinking about what does it mean to build if a fragile a software from a security perspective. And we started thinking about that the concepts of rugged driving in chaos, right? With Chaos Slinger, right? Uh, that was one of the core focuses there. But uh, and, you know, uh, taking some of the concepts from DevOps, like 
So it's just something we're currently working on. It's, it's, it's been fun, you know, but I, I, I do want to, I, I just want to sort of reiterate that like, you know, uh, the concept, like we do, like you and I were talking about, like, it's just DevOps, right? The concepts, uh, um, are, are, are security is just sort of late to that game, in my opinion. Uh, but at some point we'll, we'll just all be on the same team. I hope. So. Absolutely. And, um, if you're listening, I uh, so if you want to learn more about Rugged Software, you can go to ruggedsoftware.org. There's a link to it in the show notes. If you forget, it's pretty easy to remember because it's the name of the thing. And <laughs> if you don't remember the thing, you can find it the way I did, which was by Googling Rugged Software. So the good news is it's easy to find. Uh, so, but, you know, we like to have show notes. So, hey, we got some got a link for the show notes in um, so much as that goes. Uh, so I've, I have a question. Um I think these are these are some some really I think we're, we're there's a lot of really forward thinking that's that's happening in this uh, in that space, and I just want to kind of uh, kind of come back uh, to kind of as as we kind of wrap up a little bit to uh, back to to Castlinger. Is there anything that you would have done differently in your in your process? Like if you said, "Wow, man, if I had known what I know now, this is what I would have done." Now, not saying I mean you did this in seven weeks, so I mean you crushed it, but you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, curious if there's something you would have maybe approached in a different way. I, you know, I'm not so sure. I'm sorry, I'm not so sure if this is this is one of those, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because it's important content to bring up either way. Was that um, so? We we truly released this in inner source, you know, startup unicorn type fashion. I mean, it was on all on video chat, right? Well, yes, that they you know some people would do a video chat. We do a video chat in our pajamas, cracking beers. Right when we when we posted to GitHub, right, um, but like uh, it was, uh, uh, but when we released it on on, on uh, we said that it, the initial tweet we started going out to social media, we started sending it uh, on we did Twitter and uh, LinkedIn and a few other places, right? But like um, that was a, this is like a Friday night we did this, right? Uh, remember, these are all people giving up their spare time on their Friday evenings to do this. It was all voluntary, right? Um, but like uh, on Monday morning, I got an alert uh, from the marketing office, a, a, a brand watch. Brand watch is like a software, right, that keeps track of your brands, right, uh, on social media and the open internet, right? Well, I, I got an alert. It came in from the marketing office. So like, Aaron, like, and then I ended up getting a phone call. I'm like, Aaron, what is this github thing, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, right? And they're like, well, uh, you're trending number two for the entire brand, right? And I said, oh, okay, that's awesome, right? Well, like, well, we don't know what it is. What is this thing, right? <laughs> and I was like, well, well, this is this is an innovative engineering product that we uh, came together. It's approved through legal and all this stuff. I explained all that, right? And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. I said, well, since we're trending so high, can we get a retweet, right? Can we get some support, right? And you know, the, the sort of the response was that there, there's a there's an enterprise program for you to fill out the, this Vogon form and this Vogon form, and and it was no not beating up the marketing team. I mean, we have a very talented marketing team. It's just that they just weren't familiar with the concepts, right, and what we were trying to do. And I think hindsight wise, I would have sp- tried to spend more time with them and understand and teach them the value of it, right? That way, because we missed some golden opportunities, right, to, for retweets from the brand. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. Getting on top of that, and and that's the other thing too is we 
and I think it even goes back right to um, to your thing about being able to engage with legal and, and thinking about how there's there's other parts of your organization that are good at things that you're not, right? Um, like that's one of the things, you know, even though it's not necessarily from the organization standpoint, but, you know, with, with the podcast, it's like, I'm not a marketer. I'm not even a social media genius. I mean, I thought I was till I met my wife who this is, you know, who <laughs> runs a whole department of that for, you know, a, a, a giant company and tells me everything that I'm doing wrong and, you know, shudders every time she sees me post on Facebook. But there's been a lot of stuff where to be able to say, hey, take advantage, right, of of those things where you don't necessarily have that that skill set or that experience, but how to how to promote it, how to do those things, because it's a it is a product, right? Like you you want to get it out there because you want the the advantage of open sourcing it is to have people using it, which is just gonna help make it better. So I think um again, making the tent big and it's not just big within tech. I think would be probably a lesson to, to learn from that. Definitely. It's definitely, awesome. it's definitely been an experience too in promoting it, you know, yeah. uh, and, and I do recommend, I do, I mean, uh, social media alone will not get you there, right? You have to be aggressive and reach out to people. And remember like um, the engineering community is a, is a hug ops community, right? Uh, and people will help you. This is not the engineering of the eighties, right? In the 90s, right? This is this is uh, open source has driven such a culture in who we are, right? And uh, the willingness and desire to contribute and work together. Uh, when when I reached out to Netflix, it was open arms, just 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 so everyone knows that. But that's how everyone is now, right? Oh, I feel not everyone is that way, right? Their people are people, right? But like, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody that you feel is interesting and and you feel would be interested in. What you're doing. Fantastic. Um, so we we haven't really officially done checkouts and stuff like that on the show anymore, and I realize, but uh, I'm going to throw you on the on the spot just to see if there's anything uh, anything cool that you've been been playing with, and you know, any uh, that you'd like to share with the audience that you think they should check out. Um, if not, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, really, really, the focus has been really on Chaos Slinger and sort of uh, trying to build out because it's really when we when we when we um, released this tool, what we really did was release a new branch of engineering, right? And that is that is also people explaining, okay, what what is important about that? You know, how do I do that? Um, you know, what is this? What are the principles? What you know, like all the other things that were like, oh, we weren't thinking about all of that really, but we probably should. <laughs> so. So, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're documenting all of that, you know, right. so. I just wanted to talk about stranger things, but you know, that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that yet. You know, James oh, Lickett, oh, James Lickett was telling me all about that. He said, it's so it's worth awesome. it. Like I, we, my, my wife and I, we didn't watch the first season when it came out, but we started watching like, so with the second season was on, you know, was released like a couple weeks ago and we started watching the first, you know, we binged it in like two weeks. Um, yeah, it's, I'm gonna it's have to see it super now. good. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it. it's it's like it's especially you know if you you know grew up in the '80s, you know, there's so many references and stuff, and it's 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 nice <laughs> and creepy, and you know, uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, so you know, if you're listening and you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, you know, get with it. So, I will. I'll definitely take that to note. Cool. Uh, are you going to any conferences or anything in the the near future? 
Oh, I'll, I'll definitely, I, I definitely be an RSA and uh, maybe the O'Reilly software architecture. Awesome. Cool. Um, I don't know where I'm going to be. This is uh, by the time this gets released, this will be kind of a known thing, but uh, I am uh, changing roles. I'm, I'm leaving Chef and I'm joining PagerDuty as a DevOps evangelist. So I'm going to probably be at a lot more events, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing. So look for me. I'll be somewhere. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, it's uh, mixed feelings. I, I've loved being a chef and I've really grown from being there, but this is going to be an awesome role. Um, so uh, speaking of events, uh, we got some open CFPs. Uh, there's a whole bunch of DevOps days have opened up their uh, proposals, and you can find them all if you go to devopsdays.org slash speaking. Uh, ChefConf has their CFP open, which is at chefconf.chef.io slash CFP. And ChefConf this year is in Chicago, so you should come to it because I will, you know, that's where I live. And I'll I'll be there, or at least I'll be, you know, in the city. Um so yeah, so head over to arresteddevops.com slash inner source to open source for this episode's show notes. Our website also has uh, where you can sign up for our newsletter, the banana stand, and uh, any kind of crazy Arrested DevOps stuff you could ever want. Uh, by the way, if you want Arrested DevOps stickers, you can go to arresteddevops.com slash stickers. You can buy them. Trust me, we don't make any money on them. You buy them from Sticker Mule for cost. Or you can find me at an event and I'll probably have some. Um, also, if you go to arrestdevops.com slash iTunes, that'll shoot you over so you can leave us a review in the iTunes store. It really helps when people, uh, the more reviews we get, helps people find our podcast. I know it sounds like I'm shilling for reviews, but guess what? I super am. Uh, we also, if you use Google Play, we're in the Google Play store. I don't know exactly how to find us there. Um, to leave us a review, but you know, if you're into that, do it. That'd be rad. No one's left us a review in the Google play store and it'll make me excited. So yeah. Uh, Aaron, thank you for joining me today. I know it's, uh, the middle of the night or early morning. It's like what now? 3 a.m. Your time you're, uh, on the other side of the planet. So (laughs) yeah, I appreciate you getting up in the middle of the night for this. That's, 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 uh, fantastic. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, and this uh, I know we had, a, for listeners, we had a little bit of a challenge getting this episode scheduled, but I'm glad we got it done. So, yeah, I'm Matt at Matt Stratton on Twitter. This is Arrested DevOps. And remember, there's always DevOps in the banana stand.